Welcome to the TikTok podcast sponsored by Tourette Ottawa. Listen in as your hosts Jimmy and Brandon discuss everything Tourette syndrome. You can show your support for the show by sharing it and most importantly, spreading awareness about Tourette syndrome. Before I jump into introducing today's guest, I want to remind you that the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And the best way to do that and simultaneously support this podcast is to share it. Spread the word, generate awareness. You can send us an email at tiktokquestions at gmail.com. That's T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us to discuss on the show. And remember, the TikTok podcast is available on YouTube in video format. So tune in at TikTok podcast on YouTube. So today we're here with, um, we're speaking with Cindy and, and Kira. And Kira is a 20-year-old from rural Thunder Bay, where she lives with her family in an off-grid house on the top of a mountain. She was unschooled right through high school and at 16 began working and training with a dog groomer. This month, she actually opened her very own dog grooming salon. Um, Kira also has Tourette's. She'll join us uh, tonight with her mom, Cindy, to talk about their journey with Tourette's where it all started, how it impacts their day-to-day -day lives, and how they can continue to embrace and rise above all of the challenges thrown their way, relying on openness, communication, and humor. So we are very happy to finally welcome Kiri, Kira and uh, Cindy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. The first people to ever... I'm being you can really take all you want. I'm trying not to let the vocal tics out. No, let no, him no. out, let him out, please, because yeah. the whole the whole purpose this where, of, the, of this, right? This is where we can all do it together. You know, we can all just <laughs> let our let our ticks go, and um, that's kind of the point. Like I said in our one of our first episodes, um, when Jimmy Jimmy was uh, doing his sniffle tick, he I said, you know, if we were maybe recording a podcast for a different reason, we might edit that out, but not in this case. We want it to be known. This is the point. So. Yeah, right. we appreciate that and we want you to feel comfortable too yeah. um you know we all we're all going to do our ticks and um and that yeah that's the point of this that's the point of this uh platform so jimmy do you want to start it off do you have anything to, to ask well just I have to, a lot add, to, add ask. On, add, to add on to that i was going to say um it's pretty natural everybody with tourette's hides their ticks no matter what you never take as much with 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 you never take as much with other people as you do with yourself and then like that has different layers of uh of of you know different layers to it so like i don't take as much with the person i'm most comfortable with my wife and then um i'll, I'll take even less with with friends and then even less with strangers and it kind of goes on like that so it's interesting do you have anything uh or, or can you relate to that kira yeah in, in a way yeah um yeah so i i Sorry, it's gonna interrupt me a lot. Absolutely. Take your time. Take your time. Uh, yeah. So when I'm around my family, typically that's when my ticks are at their worst, and it's it's fun because it's like, well, okay, I'm at home, I can just let them out. Um, but then like social situations where maybe my anxiety is getting a little bit high. Mm -hmm. um, then my ticks will start to progress and get worse in those situations. Mm -hmm. Typically, stores are the worst. 
uh, mm. for me at least, because it's just, there's, it's overstimulating. There's too many colors, it's too many sounds. Everything is just overwhelming. And my text just kind of. And do you feel on. like, do you feel like you try to hide the more in those situations? And then that's why it gets even worse. Like, because you feel like you have to, or, or some sort of, you feel uncomfortable in the, in the social situation? Um, I've gotten pretty okay with being in like public and taking in public. Awesome. In like places where there's like lots of people. Um, mainly in like large places where I'm not like the center of attention. Um, if I were going to like church or something and it's like, okay, this is a time when you got to be quiet. <laughs> um, I can, for the most part, stay quiet, but. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you wow, have a little bit a... of control over, over um, your vocal tics or? Minimal control. Okay. Hmm. So I'm sorry, I just want to um, maybe start back at the beginning if that's okay and mm -hmm. kind of do this in a chronological order. Um, so Cindy, if, if you don't mind um, just talking about um, how, how you noticed things progress uh, when Kara was growing up or if that's okay with her. Well, you know, as, as, I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say this, but we really didn't notice Kira's tics when she was younger. Now, we, looking back now, we can, you know, when with her help, we can recognize um, that there were some minor, very minor tics in her, like, pre-teens. But honestly, it wasn't until COVID that things progressed very rapidly um, and things that, I mean, there were some little, I don't know, like, sh like head tilting things that she okay. used to do. Um, yeah. Now, again, then you start looking back and you think, wow, there was mm -hmm. this face that she used to make when she was little. In fact, we used to call it the look mm -hmm. um, and she couldn't do it if we said, do the look, she could never really do it. And so now we're like, oh my goodness, that was probably a tick. And we didn't know it because there is nothing mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. going on. Um, Kira has ADHD, but you know, it, when it wasn't diagnosed, it was you know, just this characteristic that she had of you know, being busy and jumping from one idea to the other. And she used to um, repeat things back to us which now we recognize that that was a tick, but at the time we thought she's just repeating back to us the thing that we just told her to do because we've probably told her to do that because otherwise she's gonna get distracted and, and she's gonna forget. Like at what, age, what, the thing. at what age did you notice that happening? Was that really young or as she was getting older? No, not even really young. I'm gonna guess like, I was gonna say ten-ish. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Kira, yeah. sorry, I'm not talking as if you're not here. I don't no, that's, no, that's okay. to come <laughs> off as that. But. So yeah, it, it really wow. did go unnoticed, um, and you know, because it, if it was there, it obviously wasn't an issue. It wasn't causing anybody any discomfort right. or anything. But again, COVID, and, and you know, we can only speculate that was it the stress and the worry and the anxiety that everybody felt mm -hmm. around COVID where things just started to progress. And it was like every day was like, I got a new one. Here's a new one. I remember picking her up 
when you said about, you know, suppressing in certain situations, when she was working as a dog groomer, um, and I would take her to work, um, and then I'd pick her up at the end of the day, and I know she would suppress her tics while she was at work, not completely, but so there would be like this outpouring when she got in the car, um, again she suppressed them she yeah. got in the car bam now she didn't have to suppress them anymore and she could let them out and i remember the first time the coprolalia emerged because i remember picking her up and her saying i got a new one <laughs> wait for it and then her saying fuck you or fuck off or something and going oh lovely there's a new one so yeah okay. we had to laugh and <laughs> And um, Kara, so from your perspective, uh, that, you know, we just heard it from your mom's perspective, but from your perspective, um, how did you feel about growing up and making your look or doing different ticks? Like, did you know that something was uh, like that you could, you know, you couldn't control it or something felt different to you? Or is that just the way that you went about your life? Um. I never, I, I didn't even know that what I was experiencing were tics till I was probably 17 or 18 when I was like, hey, uh, what is this thing that I'm doing with my neck? And it's like throwing my head around. So I'm like, what, what is this thing? I just Googled like, what is this weird neck thing that I keep doing? And it's like, you have motor tics. And I'm like, alrighty then, that's fun. I'm gonna roll with that. Um, originally it was, we assumed that it was, um, related to my ADHD mm -hmm. where it's a thing, a very common thing for people with ADHD to have tics, um, not necessarily like severe ones, but like just motor tics or small vocal tics. So I just assumed it was like, oh, that's just ADHD. That's just a normal thing. Um, but then over the past two or three years, it's progressed, but at, yeah. So after, since COVID kind of hit and all that kind of went downhill, uh, everything's gotten a lot more intense. Yeah. That's interesting that, that that's when it really took over for you. Cause you, you like, usually it's, it's much earlier on people, people, so yeah. feeling the text, but I've met a few people in your situation now. You're, you're probably the third or fourth person I've met who it's, it's came on later. Yeah, I, I have a lot of friends online and like talking to them is like, when, when did your text start? Like, when did you start noticing it? And it's all around the same time. And there's a lot of theories as to why that is. Uh, one of the ones that kind of makes sense to me is that, you know, like we all had ticks before and then the stress um, yeah, like there's a event. pandemic so we're gonna freak out a little bit and then our brains just kind of yeah went down that road I, my my ocd uh i didn't even know i had ocd associated with my Tourette syndrome until um the pandemic and then i really started to notice and i had to and i didn't even know that until i spoke with my psychologist and he ended up telling mm -hmm. me like what was going on um because yeah all these different feelings you get all of a sudden and um, I guess the uh, the anxiety of the of the pandemic really bring that out. Um, so did so were you ever um, actually like officially diagnosed with Tourette's? Like, did you see a 
anybody about that? Yes, um, I did. I was I after about like a year of me having ticks and like having all of all 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 of them like on one of your earlier episodes of a podcast you went through the list of like the diagnostic criteria and I'm like all of them I've got every <laughs> single one we're th- yeah. we got them um so that's fun <laughs> and so how but how old so how old were you when um these first started to get bad enough where you went to to talk to somebody about it uh we finally got around to going to a doctor when I was 19 18 19 okay I think it might have been 18 and then I didn't get to see the uh psychologist or psychiatrist I can't remember what she is I think she's a psychiatrist (laughs) till I was 19. What was your process of being diagnosed like was it more similar to like a checklist or uh for the most part it was kind of just like a checklist because of course in the middle of a pandemic had to be on on like a skype call um and, and she was just like because she was the same one who had diagnosed me about a year earlier with adhd um so she was like hey how are you doing like what's going on so we explained like what was going on she asked how long it had been happening how long the, i was having ticks and she was like yeah yeah you you got Tourette's and did she go through any sort of treatment with you or did you have to find that out on your own or do you what do you do for treatment or like how do you deal with your tics I guess well um from the psychiatrist she like there's no real like solid answers for me right now about like dealing with my ticks and treating them. Um, we got a referral to, what was it? Neurologist. We got a referral to neurology. Um, and my neurologist is sent me down to Winnipeg to a movement disorder clinic that specializes in stuff like this. So Winnipeg from Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. Yeah. I think, and I think to be honest, I think that, that the neurologist, you know, and I'm glad that she, you know, was honest about this, that um, the complexity of Kira's ticks, because mm-hmm. I like, she's like an overachiever. She got all of the ticks. Wow. Um, I think she was a little out of her element. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to her credit, she made the referral for a consult. So we go in September there's a movement disorders clinic in Winnipeg, which, you know, that's like a seven hour drive, but we'll, we'll do like a fly there, fly back in one day. Okay. I, I guess seven hours isn't as bad as where I think about it, I guess, cause where we are um, in Ottawa, it's a lot different to go to Winnipeg. than Yeah. And hours, I, I, I would imagine that where you are, you probably have more resources, like yeah, yeah. I, I meant to ask about that too. It's surprising. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that there aren't more resources where you guys are, um, because it seems like resources for this kind of thing, even in Ottawa, is it's very uh, scarce, right, Jimmy? How many we had? We had a three doctors. Maybe? Doctor, we had Doctor Brazil on, who's a uh, a clinical psychologist. We up, we uploaded the episode today. And um, 
he said he's one of three uh, mm-hmm. psychologists in a, in a population of a million people, right? So if one in a hundred of, of everybody has Tourette's, carry the three. I don't know how many people that is, but it's a <laughs> yeah. lot of people yeah. with Tourette's. Yeah. And uh, for, for there to be three clinical psychologists here in Ottawa, the capital, let alone rural Thunder Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't, like, I think we don't even know yet. Like, we, did, we wouldn't even know, like, would a psychologist be the one to go to? Like, who would mm-hmm. we go to? And we're just getting by, really. Like, I, I know that Kira doesn't really like the idea of being medicated. She's already mm-hmm. on meds for ADHD. Um, she's able to work. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. there are some things that it's presenting challenges for her, but we're happy to take this consult because we feel like we we would we would like to have some sort of circle of care to reach out to in the mm-hmm. event that you know things escalated where she wasn't yeah. able to function, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a professional I, mind to bounce your ideas off of. You should uh, yeah. give give that. You should give that episode you did with with Dr. Brazo listen today because it, it was Absolutely. really informative on the uh, on the care side of things that things that Brandon and I were were even a little surprised about and, and uh, yeah yeah and I yeah hopefully hopefully when you guys go to Winnipeg um, you, you get some good resources maybe they can set you up with somebody because nowadays with everything being virtual even like you can talk to anybody right anybody that yeah. could help across the country so mm-hmm. hopefully that could happen um yeah when is that appointment september middle of september okay. that's yeah. good so and it'll be a fun yeah. little road trip for you guys too well i think she's got, you, we we have some other stuff going on right now in our lives so we can't really all uh, we would love a road trip but um her and her dad are like literally flying at six in the morning and then flying back at like oh midnight, so like a red oh, okay they're Just back a, really. a one day thing yeah. so um Kyra, how, how have your um, ticks been progressing since, um, I don't know, like, let's say since last month, like, have you noticed they say the same or do they get worse? Or like, how is that going for you? I, I have ticks that, that will come and go. Um, I, a lo- I, sorry. I will have okay. good days where I can function normally and then my ticks are not impacting really any aspect of my life. And then there will be days where I struggle to make food for myself, which is like something that I find, I, I see like a lot of people with seem to struggle with, like kitchen stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of, I, I don't know, almost a stereotype at this point. Um, walking can sometimes be fun if I'm walking for long distances. Um, I have ticks where my legs just drop and that can. Can you elaborate? Um, <laughs> my knees buckle under, under me. It's like doing a, like a <laughs> squat all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, it's like walk, squat. But you, you, I, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. I was just going to ask, have you ever been hurt from these? Like um, injured? I haven't been hurt from that, um, thankfully. But I have the only time that I have hurt myself from ticking is when I punch myself in the face, mm. or if I if I have a tick, I hit myself in the collarbone, mm. and I'll end up with bruises. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and wow. and this, that's and, that's intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what what do you do? Like because so now you started your um, let, we can we can talk about your dog grooming business yeah. if you want. Um, so yeah, just tell us about that. I mean, I know that your mom mentioned in her emails that it's a newer, it's a new thing that you've started. So mm-hmm. can, do you want to talk about that a bit? Uh, yeah, uh, so I started my own business uh, earlier this month. Um, I started working as a dog groomer as just as a volunteer about four years ago. And then I apprenticed um, at the shop that I was working at. And that just kind of continued. And I figured out that I was really good at it and I really enjoyed it. So I, at the, uh, hold on. Hey, it's okay. raining here. I don't know if you can hear it. There's a tin roof. So if you hear, can't, can't it's, hear it's okay. Yeah. And unusual that that's raining. <laughs> can't hear it at all. Do I need to continue? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna let my mom talk get it because the more no I worries. Talk, it's it's yeah. interesting because you it's interesting because you said sorry, hang on, and then you started ticking like you knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. You, I've had to do that before too, especially when I was when I was first being introduced yeah. to to Tourette's yeah. and ticking. Like you can feel it's coming on, but you're, it's like you're holding on for a big wave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Little girl and dog. <laughs> so so the the dog groomer that Kira had apprenticed with for since she was 16. Um, for about the last year that this is sort of pre-COVID or when COVID started, um, Kira was doing all of the grooming by that point herself. Um, okay. So she knew she could do it, right? She's very talented at it. Um, and then her boss or partner left, moved away. So Kira sort of got to take on uh, the entire client base. So she didn't wow. even have to start from scratch. So, I mean, she'd been grooming these dogs all along anyway. So people were happy that wow. there was somebody still to groom them. So yeah. we just had to find a place for her salon, but we had this other house and the front room was like a solarium. And so Kira put all the time and all her, all her money into uh, renovating it. So she basically built herself this, her dream salon really. That's um, awesome. With everything the way she wanted it to be. And I don't know, it took us about two um, months two months to finish it. And 90% of the clients just hung in there. And then we said, okay, we're open for business. She's booked now till we're booking into September. And we've just started adding some new clients to her. Oh, that's great. So she's got enough, enough. I work with her because she, I can't do any of the book stuff. I can't do any of the customer She's not service. good with like the client booking, whatever, right? And I'm like, okay. oh, I love that stuff. So I'm like, you just do the dog stuff because that's your talent, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll take care of the other stuff. So so we, I mean, it's a good thing we, we get along so well. We work together well, so. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it works out good. Works and out so good. how do you feel when, when, you're, when you're grooming the dogs? Um, do you find that, because you're just, you know, passionate about it and so focused that your ticks just don't affect your work? They don't affect my work when I'm working. Yeah. Um, okay, like I will tick occasionally while I'm working, but it's mainly the vocal ticks while I'm working. And it's just like the smaller sounds, the whistling, 
and mm. just those those kind of texts. I I don't find it affects me while I'm working. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's great because it's like finally I get a break from taking, which is fun. Um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really affect me while I work. That's yeah, Jimmy and I talk about that. I don't know if you've listened to the previous episodes where we've talked about it, where what, like, for example, when I'm working uh, and I'm focused on my work, uh, just sitting at my desk focused, I don't notice that I tick at all um, because I'm just so like laser vision. And, and Jimmy, you said the same thing about you when, you know, when you're working out and different things. Yeah. The 100%. Just, when it's, when it's like, it seems like when you're doing something you're passionate about, it just goes away. It's like, yeah. that's what I find anyway for myself. Yeah, I don't notice you ticking at all at work here. Like I haven't noticed at all. Yeah. Right. I think maybe when the dogs leave and then you're not focusing yeah. on the grooming, then, yeah. then then they come out, right? So yeah. when you're physically grooming the dogs, that's when you find the ticks go. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other hobbies that that where that happens? Um or anything else in your life that you've noticed where your ticks disappear? They're like, yeah, in like some, there's things that I can do, um, like doing hard physical labor, working outside, doing stuff like that, stuff that is, yeah. Um, like exercise Exercise, uh, yeah, basic exercise is a good way to put it. No, lifting rocks. Lifting rocks. rocks. She I like to lift rocks. rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Something about lifting rocks. I don't know what that does to your brain, but it's something good. Primal. Yeah, <laughs> pretty no, much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, when uh, when Jimmy and I talk about uh, our threats, we like to say that um, you know, like our goal is to just, uh, I guess, what is it, Jimmy? Just to uh, um, uh, embrace it, it or own it and how do you feel that if you do own your threats how do you think that you that you do that it sounds like you do because you said that you don't even let it bother you in in public so how did you go about um, you know getting your mindset to that to that point where I know that it could be uh, it can be a little bit of a un uncomfortable situation Uh, for the most part, I think my attitude has always just kind of been, well, like I can't change it. So mm -hmm. why am I going to let it affect me in that way? So I just keep going. Do you have to explain it to your friends or have you ever had to explain it to, um, you know, colleagues or people? And, and how do you explain that? Um my everyone in my circle of like friends was very like understanding like yeah okay yeah sure that's fine um they're they're very open to understanding like what was going on and they just wanted to know how if they could help me in any way which was very nice um so there hasn't been any problems with that um as for like explaining it to other people who might, like, I might run into or anything. I've not had to do that yet, mm -hmm. thankfully. Feel like the day's gonna come when I'm gonna have to, when I'm telling 
every display in Walmart to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but so far, so good with that. Yeah, so I think, I think I probably feel you're more protective. More protective in those mm -hmm. situations. Um, not and not that wow. it bothers me, but we've sort of reflected on what it's like for us to like go to a store together. Right. Um, and a couple of things that we thought we'd share. One is that there have been times when, you know, we're walking down an aisle in a grocery store and her hands are reaching out and doing things. And, you know, my instinct as a parent is to reach over and tell her to like, put your hands down. Like to keep, right. you know, like she's a toddler. So like, don't touch the things, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and I guaranteed I've done that sometimes. And, you know, she'll be like, no, don't do that. Cause it's just going to make it worse. But it we're makes able it so to, much worse. <laughs> right. But we're able yeah. to talk about it and at least acknowledge that I'm not meaning anything bad by it, but that's just sort of an instinctive thing that you sometimes natural. do. Natural, 100% natural. Yeah, so we've also talked about how, um, like when we go into a store together, I'm probably like, I'm looking, who's looking at her? <laughs> like mm. who's staring, who looks concerned or curious? Um, so that if, we're in a situation where maybe we have to explain something. I'm sort of scouting it out to get prepared. And we've never had to. There was one time where in, <laughs> where she, I think she flipped her the bird, but the lady <laughs> thought she waved. And oh, okay. thought it was one of those things where she was like, oh, hi. And then she realized, I don't even know you and whatever. <laughs> and we felt so sorry for this woman. Because then wow. later at the checkout, she kind of wasn't going to make eye contact with us. And we thought we could have gone to her and said, you know, sorry or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so there's, we, we acknowledge that, you know, if we're out and about and going into a store together, sometimes she's not feeling up to going in because... I mean, self-checkouts, I don't want to get you going, but think of all the beeps you hear mm -hmm. going through a self-checkout at Walmart these days. Um, you know, she'll be beeping Beep. all, she, she, <laughs> <laughs> she will beep, you know, all the way home. So sometimes she'll be like, I'm just going to stay in the car. I don't have the, I don't have the energy for this today. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll say, can you stay in the car? I don't have the energy for this today because I'm in sort of protective mode when we go into a store, right? And she's yeah, not looking for my protection at all. No, like she'll sure. be like, she like three aisles over, but I'm still wow. in, in mommy mode, right? Um, yeah. So, but that's just an example of sort of, we, we try to be really open about, you know, how we're feeling. <laughs> How <laughs> she did give our she did give our pastor okay. the finger once. I've been trying to keep those off screen. She, That's okay. You can like let I them said, fly. It's fine. Laugh, right? It's fine. She, she gave our she did she flipped the bird to our pastor once. I don't know if he noticed, but we thought that. And there was a time when like we were at a red light, and she was like like double bird to the car beside us, and it was like these big burly guys, and I was like, this is how we die. <laughs> Yeah, this is not going to go very well. Us, right? So, and then once in once in Dollarama, she has a 
wow that's it and, wow. and she kept saying wow and this little girl imitated like three aisles over just little kids this, going okay. wow every time i did and we thought that was adorable and we were just yeah. happy it wasn't one of the other vocal ticks, right that this poor yeah. Little oh child yeah was gonna, yeah was gonna wanna... imitate right yeah. yeah yeah that's an appropriate one for dollarama i guess that yeah um so well, you gotta laugh right I think so. I Absolutely. mean, that's the way that I go about it. And um, because otherwise, if you don't, then that's when it just, it becomes like a, I don't know, a burden or something, something that you got to try to fight off that you can't fight off. And I don't know. You're never going to win. If yeah, you fight it. It, it's, yeah. I think, I think it's, I mean, uh, and, and the thing is like what we say, um, it, sometimes it's worse for the people around and, and you might experience this too. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But for me, I find that people that, uh, that notice me ticking um, might feel even more uncomfortable than I do. And mm -hmm. I don't even really care that much, but they do. And so to make light of it kind of um, helps out the room too. Like it helps everybody else feel comfortable with it as well. And then you can just move on from it and just go, in, you know, go on to what you're doing. That's the way I find if I'm in yeah. a meeting at work or something like that and I just have to just explain like okay like this is what's going on everyone here. everyone in the meeting's like okay it's not high it's all good it just yeah, has Tourette's. exactly everything's fine yeah yeah like i, I said last, last week at work i had a squeaky chair and wow. i just oh. couldn't stop squeaking my chair until <laughs> the you know one of my colleagues came up to me and said listen i, I didn't even notice she was like listen your chair like you gotta stop moving like that and I said, listen, I'm not going to be able to like that to the point where I just stood at my desk and <laughs> put my chair in the hall and said, here, like, I can't, I can't do anything about it. Explain Tourette's and then, and then you just gotta, you know, laugh about it. Cause what else can you do? Yeah. What, what you said about your, uh, your friends, Kara, about being, them being receptive and, um, just, I think it's the way most people, I mean, if, if people react negatively to you telling them they have Tourette's, you probably don't want them in your life anyway. Exactly. And, and if, if you're able to tell people and just be honest with them, people aren't going to fault you for that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and so you've started your grooming business and um, so what, what are your plans Um with the grooming business are you going to expand or right now you're just for right now we're just going to keep it relatively small mm -hmm. um we'll see what happens in the future um but i'm i'm happy with where it is right now and i'm happy i'd be very happy if it just stayed kind of where it is what's your favorite part what's your favorite part about the grooming all of it yeah all of it not the books. Not the, not books. the books. That's that's about it. <laughs> no math. Don't make me do the math. Uh, that's that's fine. That's fine. I find it so so. There was no. Is there any ticking in your family? Like, is there any like a? Uh... Just recently, um, Kira's. It's not a second cousin. No, my cousin's child. Her cousin's daughter has been diagnosed with Tourette's. 
Oh wow! Um, and it's funny because they they sent us a video of of her of the daughter, and we went and we knew right away we're like, yeah, that Tourette's. Um, and so they went through whatever testing they needed to do, and they're just within the past few weeks, I think, um, mm -hmm. they said their pediatrician had made the diagnosis. Right. Okay. So they're much and, younger. Yeah. Yeah, she she is. She's I don't know seven, eight, whatever. Yeah. Mm. That seems like a more typical mm -hmm. age that for it. Common. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you said that you talk with other people with threats. Do you reach out to like forums or um, how do you how do you find these people? Um, I follow. I just follow. I sorry. I follow someone on Instagram who has a, uh, basically they're just running a blog about their experiences. And from there, I've made a few friends in that community and we just keep in touch. And that's, that's about as far as I go with that. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice. I remember when, when I was first diagnosed, I would try and go on Tourette forums, but you know, they weren't very active. I think so, something like social media is really nice for, for um, mm -hmm. someone in, in your situation. How, yeah, how did you guys, how did you guys find the podcast? Huh. I honestly, you know what? I think that I follow a couple of, it could be the Tourette's Canada page mm -hmm. and maybe mm -hmm. one of the other provincial pages I might follow. And so okay. I think it must have come up on there. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I was really happy that it reached you guys, though, um, especially because of because we had just we have just started it, like during the pandemic. <laughs> right. And so it was almost like um, you guys just seemed so on top of it. Right. Right. When um, we have to be on top of lots of things. don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's no, I mean, we have, there's really nothing. There's no support groups or anything in Thunder Bay. Wow. Apparently a family tried to get one started, but um, I think they were trying to start a, like a chapter of Tourette's Canada here, but mm -hmm. the procedure or the requirements was too much for them to take on at that time because wow. I think they were in the throes of trying to find help for their son and it was just too much, but... But yeah, it's kind of hard it, to, it's, it, go ahead. I would say we put it, we kind of put it on our to-do list that, you know, if, if people are ever allowed to sort of gather that we would gladly like book a room at the library and just put the word, just so that families, cause I'm, I'm like, well, we can't be the only ones in the city. I'm sure there's others out there that would well, that, love to talk to people. That, what, I think the, the city's uh, what, around a hundred thousand people. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, so there's definitely um, what enough people there, like what thousand, yes, ten thousand, something like that. Yeah. Well, we're like we got two, we got us, and now we got this other relative. So, right. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we we um, a friend of ours who lives outside the city, her son, who I think is Kira's age or a little bit older, he had been diagnosed with Tourette's and OCD and. There might have been another diagnosis in there. And so she had like 40 books that she had bought on various subjects over the years. 
Um, and she just gave, and she, well, she charged me a little bit, but she basically gave them to us because we said, we'll use those. We'll start a group and anybody who wants a book, they can just take a book, right? That's so, awesome. Yeah. So we're like, look at that. We already got a library. <laughs> yeah. It's great that it's great to take on the, um, you know, the, the awareness um, aspect of it. Sometimes, like you said, it is hard if you're trying to also find your own resources, like find resources yeah. to help you. It's kind of hard to also be the one that is the resource to everybody else. So I can see yeah. how that can be difficult. I, but to, and to be honest, you know what, if I'm wrong here, you just, you say so. But I think that has always been and this this is before the Tourette's, but with other sort of challenges that we've we've had, like health related, that's always been our our strategy. And I think it's helped us. And it's like, well, we got Tourette's going on. Let's figure out what can we do to to turn this into something that can help other people. It's like we can handle it. Yeah. We know we can handle it. Um, we're strong, we communicate, we got all that good stuff going on. Um, let's not waste this opportunity. There's got to be other people out there who maybe need some support. So that's always been the strategy. And I think that it, I think it I, helps. Yes. That's a great, uh, sorry, a great way to, um, to go about it. And I think, um, you know, even, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with anybody else in the, in the Ottawa chapter, um, if you've ever joined a support group meeting or anything like that. But I haven't. So you guys are obviously more than welcome to um, to join those because they're all virtual now. So that might be very helpful. But um, what what I like about the Ottawa chapter is that uh, what other than you and me, Jimmy, I think that uh, everybody else they are just their uh, their parents, <laughs> their parents, or um, like they're not they they don't actually have trust themselves. They're just volunteers mm -hmm. and they're just trying to. They, they have, uh, you know, spread awareness and, and just try to help other families and other other kids and not actually even Very experiencing nice. it themselves. And I think that that's great to do just to, um, you know, they don't have to do that. And they could just focus on their own kids. But instead, yeah. they, they really try to, they really try to get get the word out there and, and help out as much as they can. I really, I really like, I really like that. And that sounds to me like what you guys would want to do too. So I have a, I have a quick question for you. Not quick. It's probably going to be longer than quick. Um, how would you describe it, It's going to be personal, but to somebody who doesn't know anything about Tourette's and they're a complete blank slate and they're meeting you for the first time, how, how would you guys describe Tourette's? Uh, she whispered demonic possession because that's just a running joke <laughs> in our family. Oh my God. Um, well, actually, it's not certainly even... Certainly, you've you, probably if, heard that. Listen, we, back in the, we the history the episode clock, that yeah. we did, yeah. they, they used to think that it was a possession and they would actually, um, you know, treat them as witches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I would, if I had to explain it to someone who knew nothing about ticks or anything of the sort, um, it's like sneezing with your whole body. Um, cause you can feel when you're about to sneeze. Typically, I know like, that's a thing. You're like, well, I'm going to sneeze. So I got to 
get ready for the sneeze. Mm -hmm. um, I can feel what I'm going to tick. Um, and I can't stop myself from ticking. I, you can try to stop yourself from sneezing, but it's not easy and you probably can't do it for that long. It takes a lot of focus. It takes, it does take a lot of focus. So that, I think that's how I would probably describe it. And so. it feels so much better when you just, when you just let exactly. it just like a tick too. Like I, I sometimes enjoy, like I talk to Jimmy about it all the time. I enjoy some of my ticks because it just feels so good to do. That's a really good point. And that was wow. something that I, that I know came up in one of your other podcasts and um, we had talked about, and that was, yeah, that there's a sense of relief. Like there is some enjoyment mm -hmm. when you let that tick. I don't know if you get that with all your mm -hmm. ticks, right? Yeah. I get that with some of my ticks. Um, and there are days where when my ticks are really intense, where my ticks just keep getting worse because no matter how many times the tick happens, there is no like relief. And then mm -hmm. it almost like will hurt your muscles and stuff because yeah. you're going over and over, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where your it gets problems. to a point. Go ahead, Jimmy. I was gonna ask if you had problems sleeping because you're Tourette's. Yes. Um, short mm -hmm. answer, yes. Um, long answer, we're on a podcast. Long answer um, is I tick, as far as we know, I tick in my sleep. Um, really? I wake myself up sometimes multiple times a night um, from ticking. Uh, my, the way my neurologist explained it, which I know there's a lot of like conflicting information about it, is it's the period of sleep between when you're like in deep sleep and when you're like almost awake. Mm. And it's, it's that kind of in-between period where, hang on. And that's where the ticks will happen. Um, so in my case, if that's the case of like what happens, what's actually yeah. happening, um, I will wake myself up by ticking. I have a few ticks, surprisingly, that I only do when I'm asleep. Um, and most of them are just shaking my head. Um, that's the main one. And I'll wake myself up and that's, that's fun. And then I struggle to get back to sleep after that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, so we have medication. She has medication. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. I get kicked out. I get kicked out into the spare room three or four times uh, a week <laughs> by my wife to, because I'm keeping her up with my ticking. It's the same. Really? And I, yeah. And it's the same thing. Like I've, I've never had it described like you just described it, but where, um, yeah, in between deep sleep and kind of awake, uh, you know, I'll really be moving my legs a lot and kicking my feet and stuff. And I never really, I'm aware of it, but I am kind of aware of it. And it's until my wife wakes me up and says, go, like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, oh, I was asleep, I thought. But yeah, but you can kind of tell. I, I know I know the feeling that you're yeah. describing. It's well, brutal. I, That's I the worst relate. because it's so I exhausting. Must be very lucky. Maybe you. I think maybe that's just, the part of Tourette's. 
I think that's the part of Tourette's that I, uh, I mean, I didn't have a very good understanding of Tourette's anyways, but I didn't realize how physically exhausting it could be, right? Like I know that at, there's sometimes at the end of the day where I can just see she's just, you know, it's just like, she just has to go to bed, just go to bed, right? She's, she can't, she's got nothing, no, nothing left in her, right? And motor tics yeah. and vocal tics, but yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, you know, muscles being oh my goodness. that maybe you don't normally even use or you don't even want to use. Well, they say, uh, they say people who fidget burn between um, 120% to 200%. This is just fidgeting. So this is just yeah. people who are doing like little leg bumps. And then, so, so it's, they burn an additional 800 to 2,500 calories a day. And then as I'm listening to this podcast, I remember I was listening to it and I was walking and I was doing this arm tick and I do it like, it, it's very up and down, but I'll do it, you know, sometimes 10,000 or a thousand times, thousands of times every day. I must be some extreme level of fidgeting. And when I sit, I bump my legs all the time. So I'm just burning calories yeah. all the time, just constantly burning <laughs> calories. I think Which that, um, can I tell me about the speech part? Yeah. Um, one of the, like I said, we, we roll with it. It's like, you know, it's good. Um, but Kira had, has had two episodes so far where um, she has developed pretty quickly a, a regression of her speech to a stutter mm -hmm. to almost unable to speak. That was probably the only time we cried and we were mm -hmm. like a little like okay, scared. We would like to give this part back. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's only happened twice. We of course Googled right away and discovered that it wasn't something completely, you know, abnormal for people with, uh, with Tourette's, but it was the one thing we were, were kind of like, it would be nice if we didn't have that again. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that is what her neurologist then sent her for an MRI because I think she was a little concerned um, and it's only happened twice. And I think the first time, how many days did it last? It lasted for five days the first time it happened. Yeah, that's, a, a, lot, that's a lot of days though. How in the world did you say still for your MRI? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right, that's right. We, and how many yeah, of you so came good. from the beacon? Yeah. We, were, we were curious as to how that would go, but it worked. I think uh, the yeah. thing. Uh, so when, when they put you in an MRI, in an MRI for your, to scan your brain. They put like a little cage over your head. What we asked the guy to do was to pack towels all around my head and like nice. stuff them in so I couldn't move my yeah. head. Good idea. And it was, it went, it went fairly well. You must have been saying beep the whole time because it's just so much beeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would, they were so, they were so great because we said, okay, you know, we don't know how this is gonna go. Mm -hmm. wow. Like it's only like 15, 20 minutes. So we were thinking, you know, and, and they were like vocal tics, let them go. Like whatever you gotta do, move your body even if you have to, but you just gotta keep your head straight. But right. they were very nice. They let me go right in, um, like right up to the machine, which is kind of cool. And yeah. yeah, thankfully they got the pictures that they needed and- Wow. Yeah. But and, the and whole, 
Sorry, the Dan. The whole speech thing was kind of scary. Did they, I, I mean, I know that this is, you know, your personal medical records and stuff, but did they, was there anything in their, in, in the brain that they could point at? Because this is something that we always talk about and we can never have any, we never find an answer to this, even when we talk to doctors. We don't know yet. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. They okay. were supposed to call us back, but they never called us back yet. So we're okay. still waiting on that. We're thinking no news is good news, but yeah, I think typically that's the, yeah. so I, I hope, hopefully when you guys go, when you go to your uh, appointment in September, they can give you some answers about the speech. Yeah. Uh, we, well, we, we, we had the foresight, whatever we videotaped, mm -hmm. um, we set up the camera and we've done that a few times just sort of to have a record of where things are mm -hmm. at with their ticks. Yeah. So if we're looking at how things have progressed, we that's should probably smart. do one more. And so we videoed the first time that, that she had the speech thing, we videotaped it. Honestly, I have, I've not shown it to anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have, I, I, I don't even know if I could watch it again because it was so heartbreaking, yeah. but we are going to get it to the, um, the doctor in Winnipeg before we go down. He wants to have a look at it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good idea. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite tick? Because Jimmy and I talk about this, like as much as we hate them, we got to embrace them. And uh, there's got to be some that you like or that you think are funny. Um, I would probably say my whistling ticks um, because they're not physically exhausting like a lot of them, mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. Um, I haven't had this tick in a really long time. It's been, it's been months, but I had a tick where I would yell, don't forget the beans. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So there's me walking through Walmart with my dad, just oh my screaming at top of my lungs, don't forget the beans. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. That's actually one of the better ones that I've ever heard of. Yeah. But there was, it's a hat. It's, it's a, a hat. hat. Everything was, it's a hat. Wow. I like that one. I haven't heard that <laughs> yeah. one in a while. There's been a lot of funny ones and a lot of the vocal ones, they come and they come, they come and go. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I, sorry, Jimmy. Um, so I don't have um, coprolalia. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't think you do either. And so it's hard for me to kind of like understand wow um, how like what the feeling of that is <laughs> how would you describe it like is it just like any other tick where it just happens and and that's just and it just happens or <laughs> like how, how do you develop the, like how do the words that you say um kind of like evolve or change is it <laughs> Um, a good I honestly, I would describe it as just any other tick. Like, I don't know if either of you guys have vocal ticks. Um, and that could just be like one syllable, popping, snapping, whistling, that kind of thing. When I was yeah, younger, yeah, I, I have, I have and... whistling and, and Jimmy does, a, his, I mean, his sniffling. I don't know if that's vocal so much, but I do a throat no. clearing and a whistle. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I would compare it to probably very similar to just like any any other tick um because they're more complex um it's a little bit harder to explain uh 
So I keep, I keep. No, that's fine. That's all good. Um, you must be a very good whistler. Only when she's only ticking. when I'm ticking. What? Yeah. So, um, so so one thing that I I noticed, if you don't mind me pointing out, like that you are doing, um, you know, almost like a series of ticks at the same time. Yes. And is that uh, is that always the case too? With, it with is often the case. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not always. There are sometimes where it's just one. Maybe it's. Like, yeah, so it, sometimes it's just one. Um, a lot of times though, they do occur like either same time or like one after the other. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's all just one tick, mm-hmm. but yeah. like broke, sometimes it's just broken down shorter in a way. I, I don't, I know, I'm not I, sure I how to mean. describe that. I know what you mean. Mine are like all, as soon as I win, I open my jaw. Like it's kind of all in like an order. It goes in an order. Yeah. Now I have a question for you guys. Sure. Because please. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I've experienced this being around other people who tick and like even just being in video calls. When you see someone else tick, does yes. it trigger your tick? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, when we talk about them, like, well, yeah, so when I talk example. about them, they, they get, they get worse. Jimmy, my Tourette's saying, has gotten worse since this podcast. <laughs> yeah. this podcast. My Tourette's is worse. Yeah. We thought it would be better. I was a bit Jim- worried about that. Honestly, I was a little bit worried because I have been around some people and after like an hour, we pick up on each other's ticks mm-hmm. and they just spread like a, like the plague. It's so true. I'm like, I'm going to go on a podcast with a couple dudes with Tourette's and then we're <laughs> all going to have all of the tips. Yeah, by the yeah. It, it's true. It is true. And I don't know if, you know, when I do these, when we do these podcasts, I, I took, uh, I, you know, a lot more and I don't know if it's just because I feel like I could, it's open, it's an open space where I can, um, or if it's because, you know, Jimmy's doing it. So then I do it and then, our guests I, I always we, we finish the podcast it, and I'm always twitching more. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, but no, it is. And I, um, it, it's definitely true, especially, you know, if, if we're talking about a certain type of tick, then I'll start to do that one more. Um, and and we, we kind of catch a tick. You can catch a tick, right? Where all yeah. of a sudden you're doing that one now and you can't, can't stop. That's what yeah, I'd get, I'd get nervous if there was a group of like 10, 10 of us. Oh, yeah. and actually well I've, I've been in a situation before i think i told the story on, on a recent podcast where somebody said chris neal as a ver- as a as a verbal tick who's a, who's a wow. number 25 sends defenseman old, old school um but a bunch of other kids also said chris neal straight afterwards and it was just like this this cascade they were in a room full of kids with Tourette's and one kid yelled yeah. something and they all started yelling it <laughs> it's like a chain reaction which i think is i think that's kind of funny it's funny it's funny we all so so we talk about jimmy and i have recently been talking about um like (laughs) jokes jokes that uh that we hear um you know people like try to make jokes about it uh, comedians or or whoever and i find that most of the time they just fall flat because it's like a low-hanging fruit that people just make fun of tourette's like you know, swearing and they say, oh, I got Tourette's or whatever they do. Um, does that, does that kind of stuff like affect you in any way or 
does it not bother you? It really doesn't bother me. Um, like if it's if it's a really bad joke, I'll I'll cringe and I'll be like, that's try harder, just try harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what we say. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me very much. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it would. It, like you don't get offended. Or... No, I don't. I typically don't get offended at jokes about Tourette's. Right. Um, That's the way to be. Yeah. Can yeah, I, I guess... bring up a couple of things that, again, just because I think it's informative that uh, included with her tics, there's situation. She has a younger sister with special needs, so she's had to learn that. You wow. Know, that Kira's saying these words, but those aren't things that we can all just go around saying. Um, but there's some smacking ticks sometimes. Yeah. Right? Where, and Kira will usually warn us, like, you need to take a step away from me, or because she'll smack us, right? Um, and so she'll, I think you've probably smacked Kaylee once or twice. Yeah. And then having to explain to her sister, you know, that she's, that she's sorry. So that's one thing that comes up. And the other thing, you know, just sort of telling her sister, but even us sometimes, wow. like, don't do that. Like, don't mm. tap on that thing you're tapping on. Or um, sometimes we may repeat something that she says because it's just funny. It's funny. It's, it's funny, hilarious. right? And sometimes she's okay with it. And sometimes because she can see that that could go off in the wrong mm. direction, she'll be like, Yeah, I could just set like, it off. Don't do that. Don't do that. And the other thing is she never used to swear. So the fact <laughs> that, you know, she uses a quite, lot of quite a, lot a of few, bad words. Yeah, quite a few bad words. Um, it's kind of like it's so out of character for her, right? Which kind of makes it wow. even more <laughs> funny for us, like the in the right. dark humor kind of way, because um, but yeah, because and I'm sure people wonder sometimes, like, what like was she did she used to swear all the time? It's like never right mm -hmm. never yeah it's kind of strange um to me that the the coprolalia kind of um you know it it comes out as swearing and it, it seems like that's the way that it uh that it's presented and I, I i don't know why i don't know why that would be the case i think there's theories about that isn't there yeah there there's a like i i can feel because now we're talking about coprolalia that's okay. I can feel my brain is like, don't say the word. <laughs> don't say the words. Don't say it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of theories about why coprolalia, um, just why coprolalia, um, mm -hmm. just in general. And I don't think there's like a definitive answer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I can't recall any of the theories off the top of my head right now. Um, I know there are a few though. Mm -hmm. In some in some cases with people <laughs> with corpulalia, it seems like they're saying things that they don't want to say, and they just have no real um, kind of no, no filter almost. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> um, Sometimes I'm like, did you really, or is that a tick? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. <laughs> you can tell the difference. I remember, and because you're the one who I think told me this from your research, <laughs> that, that it had something to do with the part of the brain that I guess would generally 
control those inhibitions or outbursts where, you know, your brain would say, don't give your pastor the finger. Don't tell that nice old lady to F off. Um, And I don't know if it's a rush of something or a lack of something (laughs) going to that part of the brain. So it's like barriers aren't there. The way that the doctor, I mean, I would encourage you like after that, that he explains it, but um, he said that it's the same part of your brain that controls the OCD impulses. And usually there's like a stoplight and, and the brain will usually give the red and then it just disappears. The, the signal disappears. It passes by. Most people think about saying like, like wow. uh, if you see, if you see somebody you don't like like this, this asshole or whatever, but then, then with people with corporal ilia, the, it, the light just stays green and it just keeps going. And so the part that block, I think it's the basal ganglia that blocks those functions in your brain just mm-hmm. allows it to keep going. Mm. it should be interesting it's uh we really look forward to more science coming out because there's not a whole lot yeah yeah it's interesting though i would like i would like answers yeah we we sometimes say you know what if we had to take any sort of neurological diagnosis um this (laughs) this is kind of a a cool one because like it really is intriguing like you, you can't mm-hmm. deny it's like pretty Fuck off. it's pretty interesting right it's not a boring one that's for no sure. it's certainly not a boring one and, no. it, and it's <laughs> not and it's it's like we were talking about earlier it's not um <laughs> it's not like uh health wow. it's, it's not like a uh a health issue necessarily like yeah you know what i mean like it's it there are some things that can hurt and there are some times that it you know, it's exhausting, but for the most part, it's, you know, you can live with it. So you can really make the best of it out of, out of anything that, you know, that, that you could have to live with. Like, it's Absolutely. Not, yeah. It, it, you we, can really make the best of it. And yeah, we agree. And I, I'm glad to see that you guys seem to do that. It, it seems like you're in like really good spirits about it and you, you laugh about it. And, um, and that makes, like I said earlier, that makes us feel comfortable too. And we can, we can laugh about about the things that you're saying and <laughs> and and that's kind of what our purpose is as this podcast like just to kind of spread the awareness and it's not something it's not something weird it's not something bad or painful or anything like that it's just like you know just come with us and uh you know and everybody everybody can kind of learn something yeah mm-hmm. i think it's great because i think it, it it takes sort of the, wow. mis- the mystery away right and the stereotypes that probably are there they'll just sort of start to vanish hopefully right hopefully wow Mm -hmm. so do you have yeah do you have any advice um or anything that you you guys want to finish off with like words of wisdom i don't know i think she's great i'll tell you that like i think like she's she i don't think we would have you know as great a perspective on this if it wasn't for her great perspective on this where it's like eh, well I guess this is what we're doing now so I think that yeah her her outlook on it really does affect the outlook of the people around her so no one you know we don't feel I don't necessarily feel sorry for her I don't like I'm not trying to coddle her um, or anything like that. I do still try to protect her, but yeah, her her courage and her positive outlook really um, is what keeps us all going. 
So to reframe a little bit, if somebody came to you looking for like, you know, a parent and a, and a child respectively, if, if they came to you guys looking for, you know, they just, they don't know what it is. They just started developing tics and, you know, they wanted some, some words of wisdom from you. What would you give them? Uh, I, I what I would tell, sorry. Uh, they're not alone. There's a lot of people. It's a lot more common than people think. Um, there's, there's community. There's people who understand. There's people that can help them if they're struggling. Um, I think my, my heart breaks when we read stories of families with, you know, younger kids wow. with multiple and complex tics and when it's not handled well in the education system mm -hmm. those break my heart um and when the kids you know when the kids are bullied when the teachers don't handle things properly um and when the kids like she said when the kids feel alone or they feel like there's something wrong with them or they're bad because mm -hmm. they go to the store and, and they say the bad words and their mom has to take them out. Like though we, we are really blessed really that Kira's Tourette's accelerated at a time when she has the emotional maturity and the wisdom to handle it. Um, it it's, it's, the, it's the young kids um, that yeah, my heart goes out to, you know, with them trying to figure everything out. Yeah, and it's really important for their parents to to learn as much as possible about it too. And that's, I think that's almost honestly one of the most important parts because uh, even the child might not know what's going on. And mm -hmm. uh, if their parents aren't there to to kind of guide them through it, then it could make it even more difficult for them. Yeah, and, and, and I don't mean to like diminish the challenges mm -hmm. that, individuals with Tourette's experience I like I see what Kira has to go through um but you know what when like you said you know if I had to pick it's not fatal right yeah we, we can we can live with this um there are many many other things that I wouldn't want to wish upon my child so it's like you know. yeah and there is one thing that I want to say because you know Jimmy and I get on the podcast every week and um we talk about Tourette's syndrome like uh, you know, the whole time and it's, and you know, the guests that we have on when we talk about Tourette's syndrome and you guys were talking about Tourette's syndrome, but uh, like our world doesn't revolve around Tourette's syndrome and neither mm -hmm. is yours. Yeah. yeah right? Like, and, and that's what I think it's important for us to point out too. Like you are, you, you know, you have your own business and you, you, you know, it's not like uh, that all that we talk about all day is, is Tourette's syndrome. It's like, it's, this is just a thing one hour of our day today, we're going to talk about it, but then you're going to go back to your life and you guys, um, I assume are just going to get on with your life, you know, as it, as it has been and you'll go back to your business and you'll do your work. And it's like, it's not really the all encompassing, um, type of thing that maybe, uh, because all we talk about on the podcast is this, because that's what the podcast is about, but it's like, our lives are very fulfilled too mm -hmm. with other things yeah it, it doesn't define her mm -hmm. like it's you know it's a part of her but it's not that's it's not, not it's not all of what i of who i am exactly. it's just a tiny little piece exactly yeah. 
Yeah. That, yeah. And I think that's 100%. important for people to know too. It's like, it's just, the, it's just a thing. It's like, and for, yeah, for people like with, blinking, with, whatever. For people with Tourette's, it's, it's it, the irony of having this podcast is all we talk about is Tourette's, but we're also telling people to not always talk about, <laughs> talk about Tourette's. Like it, it's, right. but it's so true. You need, you need to, to the, what, do exactly what you're doing, which is, you know, you, you have Tourette's fine. But you're also going to start a dog grooming business. And it's and great to embrace to... it. It's great to embrace the Tourette's and it's great to, um, to actually, you know, own it like we talk about and, and live with it and, and just kind of, yeah, and get on with it. Don't let it control it. Don't let it take over everything. And I think that you guys have been excellent um, role models of that just by your attitude and, and how you guys talk about it. It's been great. Another great episode of the books. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to share it. We have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future. You can head to Tourette.ca or Tourette.org to find your local chapter in the Canada or the United States. And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.